So, hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Sabercast with myself, Glyn Price, and unfortunately, no Ollie Warner this week. He is away on honeymoon following his wedding at the weekend. So, I'm joined this week by two of our regulars, my brother, Mike Price. Hello, hello. And Dave Matthias. Hello, it's Matthias, Glenn. You've known me for 14 <laughs> years. I refuse to say that right ever in my life, Dave. Um, so there we go. So obviously me and Ollie were at his wedding at the weekend, which was very poorly timed, but um, yeah. it was a fantastic wedding, I should just say. Plenty of meat, which was bang on for me, but it was, it was a lovely wedding. Having lost, I'm quite glad I was at that wedding, having not been to Wembley before, but you two went, so that's why we needed two guests who'd been to Wembley, and uh, yeah, you had very different experiences, which we'll come to later on, but... Um, yeah, this is episode 39, the last episode of the season. Um, we didn't quite get over the line, but uh, yeah, it's been tough, hasn't it? I think I think it's just, we're going to have end of season re- recaps and stuff, but I thought just sort of speaking to you guys as we've got you on now quickly in the intro, what are your, what would you say your overriding emotion is of this season? Oh God, what a question. Tough, um, proud disappointment mm, would yeah. be uh, the, the, the best way I can think of encapsulating it in the pride of the preceding 60 have many games and they're just the giant disappointment of the two Wembley games, really. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Dave? Yeah, it's a little bit like one of those films where the hero dies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, you've been rooting for them the whole time. And then at the end, you're just like, all oh, right, well, that's over then. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a sickener, isn't it? And it, it doesn't matter whether you were at the match or not at the match like we were. Yeah, I think we all felt the same thing at the end of that. It was almost like, yeah, we lost the playoff final, but it kind of was a full stop to a season of massive highs and we hadn't really had that many lows or mm. I lost at Wembley but that was the checker trade and, and that was a real big kick in the balls wasn't it but um, there we go and we will quickly mention it I mean me and Ollie are thinking of doing another podcast on management changes and stuff that are probably going to happen as we go down the line as we sit here tonight guys Paul Hurst is potentially on the way out we've given him permission to speak to Ipswich and again having lost the playoff final the next day you're looking at losing your manager the good news hasn't really come this week so far, has it? How are you feeling about Hurst? Oh, well, if some, of the, some of what Brian's been saying is true about <laughs> uh, his sort of conduct in, in going to Ipswich. It's disappointing, mm. but knowing football as it is, I can understand it because if somebody might do my job if somebody offered me double my money to go to a similar, well, a better company, you'd, you'd go, wouldn't you? Mm. So as a job, I totally understand it, but purely as a Supertown fan, I'm gutted if he does go. And then if he cherry-picks the squad... Oh, it, it, it's nothing bad. Thinking. It doesn't bear thinking about, really. It doesn't. I think we'll probably do a very long podcast. And some of the names that have been mentioned, Dave, so far as potential replacements, don't feel you with a lot of confidence, does it? Well, I think that most <laughs> of the bookies just have gone through their list of out-of-contract managers. Yeah, it there. doesn't really make much sense and, at this stage. You know, I, I think it's a little bit like when Dave Edwards left, everyone was up in arms and, oh, I wouldn't sign his contract, mm. shown no loyalty. And when Grant Holt left, oh, he was engineering a move away. Give it a few years and you realise what they did was absolutely yeah. brilliant and their choices vindicated and they're still Shrewsbury legends and would be welcome back to any events in the future. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, th- I, I do think eventually we'll get there with Hurst, but if he comes back and buys Nolan, then that <laughs> might change. But uh, yeah, I mean, with the other names, who knows? The, the chap from Livingston, that's the one that feels yeah. very live. Yeah. Um, but you just don't know, yeah. do you? We didn't know Hurst was coming, did we? No, no. chance. Nobody picked him out. And as I say, there'll be loads for us to talk about this week with yeah. who's going to be mentioned and what happens with Hurst and, as my, you say, other players. And my only other point on that would be I'm way more confident about getting a good manager having seen how Brian and Roland got Paul Hurst in. Yeah, yeah. So this time round, I've got more confidence that they've got a process and a plan in place because it worked so well last time. Ollie will be pleased to know when he listens to this that I'm not going for Kenny Jacket this time. No. I'm going Mick McCarthy. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's my call. Anywho, let's, let's park all of the, the more uh, interesting news, I suppose, and unfortunately we're going to have to dip back into your guys' memory banks of a, of a tough trip to Wembley. So, um, yeah, we'll move on to talking about the, the, uh, the playoff final. Tierney's ball in, 
a dangerous and set pieces, and that's crept in as well. Looks like Drummond got the final touch to it, and Shrewsbury Town are ahead within three minutes. So, Saturday the 27th of May, another visit to Wembley, and another loss, unfortunately. I suppose this time at least we took it to extra time, guys, so we're getting closer to winning at Wembley, I suppose. But, um, yes, a 2-1 loss, both goals from Wood for Rotherham, um, and obviously Rodman with our goal, um, which we'll come to talk about, which was very nice. And, yeah, so fifth time at Wembley, zero wins. And, and we now apparently have the worst record at New Wembley, so no team has currently got four losses from I'm four games. I'm not surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not yeah. great, is it? And yeah, interestingly, if Paul Hurst does leave, as we were just talking about, we're the first team that Paul Hurst has managed that he hasn't actually got promoted at, at any point during his tenure. So there you go, there's another one to chalk it off. Another interesting stat um, uh, was Toto and Wally played 56 games this season, um, which is a record for us since we moved to the new meadow. And, and we should just really pause there to have a, a consideration about how many games our boys have played this season, mm. Dave. You know, 56 games in a season. And I think we all kind of come on to talk about maybe the legs coming out of us later on. Um, that's an immense effort, especially when, you know, Toto and Wally are right, that Wally's getting on a little bit in age. I know Matt Sadler's in his mid-30s now, he played 54 games. That's a humongous effort for a season, isn't it? It kind of makes you want to chuck the checker trade in the bin <laughs> and not go through all of that for yep. absolutely no reason, having not won it. Glenn's mm. got to go back on boycott, haven't you, Glenn? Back yeah. on boycott. Back to the boycott. I reckon second half against Doncaster, after we'd played West Ham the previous... Yeah. And then, second half, we just ran out of legs. We were 2-0 up and we just ran out of legs. And it yeah. was that, at that point, you thought, these these lads, because of the way we play, they're just playing too many games. Yeah. And 56 is astonishing, really. I'll tell you what it does show as well, is fair play to the people responsible for their fitness and keeping them injury-free, yeah. making sure they're training right, making sure they're preparing right, making sure they're warming down right. Because to have that many players playing that many games Man. is astonishing, really. It shows the t- how tight the squad was. And also, if you think about Toto, if you hadn't had that cheek injury at Rochdale, yeah. Yeah. That's t- I think it was two or three games more he would have played. I think maybe missed two because of the, the f- initial injury. So he could have been you know, pushing 60 games in a season, which is Fantastic. remarkable, really, isn't it? So, um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Rodman's goal at the, at the final was his 10th goal of the season. So he joined uh, joined the rest of the lads that actually managed to get 10 goals, which was good. Um and I suppose this is the interesting one, Mike, is it was the lowest crowd for a League One playoff final um, in, in a long time, certainly in recent memory. Um, obviously, eleven to 12,000 town fans there. We technically took less than we took to the Checker trade. Really? So what do you put that down to, really? Wembley, as you said before, it's not a happy hunting ground for us. <laughs> so it puts people off immediately. It's very expensive to get to. Yeah. It's very expensive to get into. It's then very expensive to eat or drink at. Then you've got the problem of if we do lose... It's another bad experience, and you've still got to get home. It's it's the single worst away day we can have, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd rather go to Darlington or Plymouth any day of the week <laughs> than go back to Wembley. Accrington. Would you rather go to Accrington? Accrington, I mean, I don't mind, as long as it's not Wembley. Accrington is a good, good way. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't mind Accrington, to be fair. It's a good crack. So we've got to look forward to you next year, haven't we? But as I say, it was interesting, Dave, that people were buying the same tickets they bought for the Czech Trade Trophy, and they were having to pay almost £10 more sometimes, and that... That can't be sustainable for the EFL going forward or Wembley because you know you notice that all right Coventry took a lot to the League Two playoff final but Exeter didn't take many. It does seem like they might have just started to price the playoff finals a little bit too much for the League One teams. I don't know what you feel about that. I think there's a mixture. There's London prices for provincial teams mm. is part of it, um, but I also think basically if you sit down in a room full of people and you say a ticket on the halfway line for a League One game, which is that is what it is. Yep. It's a League One game is eighty pounds. Eighty pounds for a League One game. 
a League One game is eighty pounds. <laughs> doesn't matter how many times you say it, Dave. If you're in a meeting where that decision is okay, yeah. you basically should put bags on your head. It's mad, absolutely mad. So it was a shame, really, and and it would have been lovely for more town fans to be down there. But we'll come to the town fans in a minute because I think that's definitely a positive that came out the whole day. Um, and you two had very different match experiences, which I want to <clears throat> go through in a minute. But we'll just pretty quickly talk about the team. So obviously, you both had these different experiences, and. and you were probably in very different places when the team news came through, but mm-hmm. we'll run through the team very quickly. So it was pretty much as expected, wasn't it? Henderson in goal, uh, Bolton right back, Sadler and Toto as the centre backs, and Beckles at left back. And then we had Godfrey, um, Nolan, Bryn Morris in the central midfield with Wally and Rodman on the wings, Carlton Morris on the sides. Um, I think the most interesting thing was that um, Junior Brown was back on the bench and that Abuisa wasn't on the bench, which was a bit yeah. a bit strange considering Maxwell was also on the bench. Yeah, um, that was what I thought from from afar, but. Um, you couldn't really complain about the starting line, Dave. I don't. Well, I don't. Know, I'll ask you to. I mean, would you have? Would you have made any changes from the start at this one? No, I wouldn't have made any changes for the starting lineup. But as you as you say, when you look at the subs bench, you think, hold on a minute, we've only got one full back in our starting eleven, but yeah. we've got three on the bench. <laughs> True. <laughs> like bit per- percentages. Yeah, exactly. And, and you wouldn't have made changes. It would have been nice to. Shame for Issa, isn't it? And it was a, it was a nice moment for Brown to get on the bench, Mike. Yeah, so yeah. Was it? As Dave says, it wasn't really necessary. Oh, I said to the, the guys I was sat with. The only reason for Brown to be on the bench is to bring him on if we're winning comfortably with five minutes to go. He's, he's not played for months. Yeah. But actually, what Issa would have brought us is something a bit different off the bench. A bit of invention. You know, he's not played many games. He would have had good legs, you'd have thought. Mm. Uh, and when we come on to how, how badly we tired later on, I think it probably would have been better to have a fit footballer on the bench than somebody recovering from a long-term injury. Yeah, there we go. So, as I kept allu- alluding to, you were in very different places. Dave Matthias was salt of the earth. Down with the fans. He went to Wealdstone. You know, he, he had the proper fans experience. And the boy Mike Price here went all corporate. He got yeah. he was in a box. He had bottomless Budweiser. He had food. He had you know the TVs on. So it'd be quite interesting to get your flavours of what the actual match days were like because you know we can talk about the game and you know it wasn't exactly the most exciting game in some respects. No. But interesting. I mean, Dave, the, the Wealdstone thing. You, can you just explain what happened really? About that? It sounded fantastic. Yeah, sure. So Wealdstone, who play in the Ricelip Sporting Grounds, Ooh, there you go. Um, they opened their clubhouse and grounds for, I think it was something like 600 Shrewsbury fans to go Brilliant. and park something like 400 cars. Um, and then they were doing a big barbecue, the bar was open. And uh, it really reminded me of some of the away days we had in the conference. Oh, brilliant. It felt like, uh, you know, like the day where we all went to when we played Northwich and that mm. sort of thing. Mm. It was a massive social club um, and it was absolutely brilliant. As a match day experience for going to watch a game of football, forget Wembley, I was jealous of it for League One. <laughs> it, it, it was absolutely brilliant. brilliant. And it had all the pictures of all their famous players. I didn't know, like um, Stuart Pearce had come through and Vinnie Jones yeah, and yeah, they all there? their signed shirts up on the wall. And it was very good value. You yeah, know, I had a double burger for a fiver. Pints were about three quid on the head, which isn't bad for London. Can't complain. And then it was one pound fifty on the tube to get to Wembley. So, so was it, would you think that was of the, of the times you've been to Wembley? Was that your best match day experience of Wembley? I I don't have an adjective to describe how much better that was. <laughs> there we so, go. Especially because then you don't, you're not fighting with. It. Last time we got within about forty five. Sorry, we we got within about a mile of Wembley mm. and then it took us another 45 minutes yeah. to get there awful, yeah. whereas this time we spent that 45 minutes sitting in the sunshine with some 
salt of the earth bloke from London cooking us a burger I mean yeah it's... and you, you had the better of it because there was a lot of people that were really worried about missing the game there was a lot of traffic problems for pre-match and so all the people that got to Wheelstone had quite an easy time getting there and there were people really sweating on getting there on time for kickoff. so if they do it if we ever go to Wembley again we'll get on to what's his name Victor the guy that sorted it all out we'll get on to him <laughs> we'll get back to Wheelstone well I was thinking you know even you know some of the other London games if they come up if, yeah, there, was a, sure, actually. if there was a Saturday London Cup game or whatever it is then, yeah, and they were just such a friendly bunch. It was proper football family stuff. And at the same time as well, you were part of what we've called the great smuggling operation, uh, the balloons and the confetti, weren't you? So obviously me and you had been chatting in the week about sort of getting different bits onto the different buses and stuff. But you took, how many balloons and confetti things did you take down to Wheelstone? Personally? Yeah. Oh, by the time I got to Wheelstone, I had a big um, bin bag with 1,200 balloons <laughs> in. So I looked like a very, very badly dressed out of time Santa. Brilliant. There we go. We'll, <laughs> but, come, we'll come to what that looked like in a minute when we talk about when the game kicked off, but it's, it sounded fantastic to be fair. And um, yeah, and, and I suppose then on the flip side of that, Mike, what, was, what is the experience of getting a box at Wembley like? Is it, you know, is it, yeah. do, do you feel like you've made it? Good value, I would call it, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it, we, it was arranged by a friend of ours who, who has a mate who runs a company, a waste company in London that have a box for corporate entertaining purposes. Nice. Clearly, no interest in the League One player final at all from his usual takers, so it was offered up to us. It only cost us £40 to get in. And then we upgraded to the, the bottomless beer, which was £40. <laughs> and we'd certainly made our money back on that. There, um, there might have been a few smuggled out in some bags as well, which was, uh, you know, just making value for money. Yeah. But the whole experience was really good. We got the train down to Wembley. You go in through the, the, the Bobby Moore entrance and it, everybody's it's like a reception and you're, you're made nice. to feel like a, you know, probably better than we were, you know, what I mean? <laughs> a bit of a dignitary. Um, I know who you went with. Some yeah. people don't deserve that treatment. Exactly. And then we start <laughs> up into the box, air conditioning, they've got Sky Sports on, you've got an amazing view of the pitch um, up around sort of the middle tier level. Basically, we were directly opposite sort of the Royal Box, mm. just slightly further towards the town fans. Um, and it was great. They come around with betting slips and get a bet on. Nice. They come around with a food menu, so we all ordered pizzas. Um, and our tick, our, like I say, our seats were great. The only disadvantage is you're not in with the fans. Yeah, this is um, But it was great to have a sort of external view of the Shubi fans who were unbelievable. And, you know, we were there sat next to a box of uh, Rotherham fans and we could see the Rotherham fans and... and I don't think they could believe how vociferous our, our, our fans were. It was they were they were quite taken aback by it. I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and and you were were you in block one twelve then, day right in the middle of it? I wasn't no, oh, okay. because I was under very strict instructions because I went with a child. <laughs> oh and yeah, true. Two, three senior citizens. No, that's fine. Uh, I went in one one four, so we that's, were, that's we were within touching distance, yeah. but we could also sit down without spoiling it. That's fine. That's fine. And and you know, being right in the mix of it, this is what I was going to come back to is, you know, everything I've heard about it, it was a very. <clears throat> I've talked about how. Um, on the podcast the last few weeks about how from really Blackpool we've kind of kept that s- a spirit going really you know we had the beach party and we kept it going through the retro kit day then we kept it going into that last playoff game at home and the away game at Charlton there's been a real spirit with the fans and it does feel like we managed to actually keep it going to Wembley this time and you know a bit later on it might have drifted off a bit when we went behind but from from what I heard the start of the game the fans were just fantastic and the noise was probably the best we've had at Wembley because everyone was so concentrated is that true? Without doubt, yeah. Good, yeah. And I think very much, at previous times, you go into Wembley and it's all a bit like, oh gosh, I don't know where I belong, I don't know where I fit, I don't know where the singers are, I don't know what they're singing, what's going on. Whereas, it was really funny. So I walk in and there's this steward who walks past me with this big handful of balloons that he's obviously got off someone looking really? smug. So I think to myself, well, I know I've got mine in, but I hope everyone else has been successful. <laughs> and then you just walk out into the 
main bit of the stadium and at that point like, literally there were balloons wherever there were wow. thousands of balloons That's already in. and you could just tell that people were kind of up for it and then you know that they've got that new drum haven't they the yep. massive one that makes a proper noise yes and just people want to get involved it was almost a way of getting rid of some of the nervous tension mm. instead of sitting there being depressed or nervous people could actually get involved start singing and it's, it was the closest to one of those you know like we see a big show from like Crystal Palace or whatever and you think oh man that will never happen with Shrewsbury yeah. well actually it did No, even, even if you look back on the TV things even from about an hour in you look behind the goal and the Shrewsbury end it just looks like it's it's blurred it's yeah. moving constantly and it was absolutely brilliant. I think I think we proved a few things as a fan base this season that I think people didn't think we could do or could organise or could or could do. And our fans are always brilliant, you know. Away from home, we have a, a small bunch of hardcore fans. But I, I do feel like it's something a little bit different we need to build on next season. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about it over the summer. The last thing before we get onto the game, and we're trying our best to avoid to talk about the game really. But <laughs> um, one of the other things that got flagged up to me a bit to ask you guys a question about, and I'm not sure Mike's going to have an answer to this because I'm almost certain he was in an air conditioned box. But yeah, the heat was a bit horrendous, wasn't it, Dave? I cannot tell you how hot I was. <laughs> and it was quite interesting though, because we were in 114, and the poor guys over the other side in like, what was it, 106, 107, must have been in the heat the whole time. Yeah. And mm. we could just see it edging towards us. Oh. And then, like, literally, like, it went on my mate next to me about <laughs> 90 seconds before me. It was like some kind of torture thing, oh, you know, man. some Vietnam War film or something, where they just leave you out in the sun. So in the end, I had sun cream on, I had my cap on, and I had my flag over my head. <laughs> And I was still, I think I, because they opened the fountains so that everyone could have as much water yeah, as they wanted, even though there was always like a half hour queue for massive. it. So I, I, I drank two litres of water in an hour and then just the rest of the day I just carried on drinking mm. fluids. There you and go. It was so, but my mum and my brother, they just moved around. <clears throat> they just went in the posh seats in the shade because it was like, actually, someone's going to keel over here. People did faint actually. Yeah, I read a few. Yeah, no, we like saw that. That yeah. yeah, was just so hot. No, and, and I'm assuming there was a, an array of uh, bikini clad women fanning you down with big palm leaves in the in the main bit. I had to, I had to pop my jumper back on at one point because <laughs> it was getting a bit chilly. Um, no, but going to the point about um, the weather and the quality of the fans is it, it looked brutally hot out there. I know how hot it was walking to the stadium and that was relatively early on. Mm. Um, the fact that the, the fans kept up the quality and, of the backing for such a long time in such sort of debilitating conditions was outstanding. Yeah. I, I genuinely think it was the best atmosphere I've seen this season. I was at Blackpool. Um, it sort of outstripped that and I think that, like you were saying earlier on, there's a huge, huge, huge importance now to try and port some of that, yep. have you do it, into the stage standing area get that sort of vocal back in next season, really get the people behind the team, whoever the manager is, whoever's left from the current squad. Um, because I think that's made a difference whenever it's happened this season. Yeah. It, didn't, it, it didn't win us the game at Wembley, but, you know... It, no, it's it, carried us through a lot of this season. It's engaged a lot more people with, with yeah. being a huge Town fan as well, I think. I agree with that. Yeah. And it makes going to the game a whole load more fun. Yeah, totally, yeah. Like, if we just go and sit there in silence getting tonked again, that's mm. rubbish. But mm. actually, we've put on a good show and we've mm. had a laugh doing it, so mm. fair play. No, it's, it's been a brilliant season to be a huge Town fan all in all, hasn't it? And it was almost the perfect end to the season, wasn't it? You know, we almost got over the line, <laughs> losing 2-1. I'm sure that you're going to tell me the game was a, a tough watch at times. Uh, I should just say, obviously... I mentioned at the start, Ollie got married last weekend and I went to his wedding in the middle of Warwick. Um, luckily, we had phone signal so we could watch a bit of it on the um, SkyGo app and follow it on Twitter, following what other people were saying. But, um, you know, it was during the speeches and stuff, so I didn't want to be too rude most of the time. <laughs> but um, uh, there we go. But it was a brilliant wedding. And um, 
so because of that, I, I have not watched the highlights back. And to be honest with you, I asked on Twitter if I should watch the whole game back. It's recorded on the Skybox. And I had a resounding 100% do not watch it back ratio. So I'm not going to watch that back. I've seen the goal and I've seen the penalty save and that'll do me, to be honest with you. So I'm going to leave you two to go through the game really here. So where, where do you want to start? First off, what was it like? You know, you, you guys crack on really. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to make the effort to think back to it just... Um, just because of the, the sheer disappointment of it, I, I thought we sure it wasn't the bottomless. But no. <laughs> that's when my second half gets a bit vague. But no, I thought we started fairly fairly evenly. We didn't look confident and comfortable, but we looked like we were competing. Was that's how I describe it? It was, mm. a, it was a sort of workmanlike start. There weren't a lot of chances. There wasn't a lot of quality from either side. But we just sort of, I, I think we were matched up tactically, which meant that it was it was relatively uh, a relatively quiet opening, really, mm. yeah. um, up until your mate. Um, <sighs> Omar got involved in the box, which wasn't that far in. Was it? how many minutes in? Was that it was about ten minutes in? Uh, yeah, I've got it on the. I was actually about ten minutes in, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I, can't remember, but I, I was think it. the difficulty was he had a bit of a like change of code thing, and he went rugby league. Yeah, got <laughs> I mean, it was round his neck. Yeah, right? so, I could like, not believe what he was getting up to with it. Yeah, yeah. There's like this, you know. Sometimes there's players can be a bit theatrical and, mm. and other times they just get grabbed around the he neck. Was, he was banged to rights. This is a penalty all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, couldn't yeah, complain absolutely. about it. No chance. Um, but luckily we had Dino in goal. Uh, and an incredible, well, it was a terrible penalty but it was a good save. Yeah. He stuck it pretty centrally, uh, pretty good height for Dean um, but he got the right way. Got strong hands on it so he didn't have a, a, a rebound and that was the first mental of a two mental afternoon. I was going to say, what did that feel like when yeah. you saved it? It was wild. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Down with the plebs as I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and in a game like that, especially like it, that was celebrated like a goal game. So it was yeah. absolutely, yeah. Bri- it was absolutely I mean, brilliant. When we gave away that penalty, like I, my my heart sank. You know, I, yeah. I, I was just like, here we go, here again. we go again. Here this we is go. So typical. Mm. We'll concede a scrappy early goal that's our own of our own making. Um, and then, and then I was worried that all the fight would go out of us. That you know the fans would drop off. So Dean saving that, you know, that was a, a massive moment that kept us in the game. Yeah. So do you, you know, I'm going on what I've read. Do you think that because some people I read said, oh, we, it looked like we froze in the first half again, mm. a little bit like we did against Lincoln. Is that a fair reflection? Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? Because at what point does a team set themselves up to stop you playing? So it looks like you're frozen, mm. but actually you're, you've just been, you know, their formation. No one was isolated. In fact, our whole midfield was isolated. Uh, Morris was certainly isolated up front. Yeah. So, like, at what point is that us freezing, or is that at what point is that being us being nullified? Because you were saying it was very similar to the job Lincoln did on us before totally, we started recording. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We did not impose ourselves on that game mm. at any point. We didn't play our passing. We didn't bring in Rodman and Wally. We didn't get in behind them. We didn't get any crosses in. Mm. We didn't win any free kicks. We hardly won any corners. So, but <laughs> I was like, we really didn't put them under any pressure <laughs> yeah, at God. all. But I, I think that I think what you just described there is textbook freezing on the big occasion because we've. Been Imposed ourselves on so many other teams this season. Definitely, you would have thought that that day of all days they would raise it. They'd be full of play. They'd be full of energy, and they'd, they'd really command the, the, the game. And they, we just didn't seem like you're saying the passing was off. The you know every second ball seemed to drop to Rotherham. It was one of those days where we just didn't seem to get in the game. And I think I think they did freeze again. I think they they, they struggled with the pressure yeah. somewhat. Okay. Well, but also we did come up against a very very good side, mm-hmm. and yeah. effectively. It was a little bit like watching Blackburn away, where you know at what point are you just playing against better players then? Well, but but you look at the league table. We clearly weren't playing against better players because over the course of the season we won more games than they did. 
So I, I, I don't agree with that. And I don't think they were great. They were beatable if we'd have turned up, I think. It's tough, isn't it? It is tough to, to kind of square it away in your head because, you know, clearly both teams are good teams, aren't they? You know, they finished third and fourth in the league. Mm. And so yeah. it was obviously going to be competitive. To, to me, I wonder, and I haven't watched it back, whether, you know, the, the other Wembley defeat played on their mind. What do you think about that, Dave? Do you think it's the sort of thing or are they too professional for that? I've absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's hard what, to know, isn't I it? I don't know what goes through the mind of a footballer, no. to be honest. Played on my mind. Like, <laughs> I don't know if what, you know, like Beckles couldn't have been thinking to himself, oh, we lost against Lincoln, I'm going to rugby tackle this guy for yeah. no reason. Yeah, 10 minutes true, in. true. Like, maybe, there's, maybe there was nerves, but also, like, you know, we have some pretty inexperienced players. Mm, true. Like Beckles as an example, but Bolton, play, players yeah. like Bolton, you know, like, they really are practically new to yeah. the league well, all, all alone lads you know yeah, it's the first season exactly. of they're, they're young all new to the league it's yeah. not you know Sadler's just about your only wise old head in there yeah. really and it was the, the big boy up front for them Wood was causing us the most trouble wasn't he you know was it another because we had a, a run of games I think it was probably just before the check trade where we, we dropped a few points and it was against some more of the physical teams where mm. they had the, you remember? Plymouth and Rotherham back to back weren't it yeah exactly yeah. And, and it seemed like those are the teams we have and, and if you include Lincoln in that it does seem like strangely that it's the physical ones that haven't played much football um, and have not given us the opportunity to have those sort of flowing attacks that we've struggled against the most and maybe that's what's happened again unfortunately but we, we did have some chance in the first half didn't we um, apparently there was a header from a, a Nolan Cross from Carlton Morris I don't know if that was got you particularly excited uh, it, yeah it was alright I think he, he, he didn't quite catch it did he yeah, um, went well, at least it wasn't one of, the, one of the ones he's done quite a lot of this season where he sort of hit it off his neck yeah, I think he at least got his head on it but um yeah. yeah, it was again. You know, the chances came and they weren't. First great, half, they, first half they had all the possession. Yeah, they yeah. had all the chances. Yeah. We we looked pretty under the cosh really mm. for most and, of it. And I'm assuming the two bookings we got then were because they were just running at us all the time. But what what was the ref like in general? Didn't notice him really. So I thought we had a good game. Yeah. Gave gave a clear penalty. Um, most of the set pieces he was given, I thought were okay. Yeah, there was there was nothing like um, against Lincoln where you thought, hold on a minute, ref. There's a couple of big decisions gone against us. Yeah, this one you just like no well, excuses. No, 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 not at all. That's fair enough. Well, he was the guy that sent off abs at um, yeah. Rotherham, wasn't he? Which was a strange one. I know Hurst was complaining about that, and I, don't, I still don't think that was a sending off for a go go back no. then. But um, there we go. So that was a, you know getting through the first half an hour, and then unfortunately the goal came, and um, yeah, it was uncharacteristic from what I've seen of the replay. You know, we've been so good at set pieces this season, and. Um, yeah, not great, not great from the corner. I said to my mate before the game that you know it will be set pieces and mistakes that decide this game. Mm. This is a nil-nil draw, apart from either a mistake or a set piece. Yeah, yeah. But what you had here was a mistake from a set piece because that's Beckles who doesn't want to give away another penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Already in trouble. Who basically, I mean, he just got absolutely done, didn't he? And by the time he realised he was running, he was about a metre behind him. Which yeah. He, which in, on the six-yard line is not very healthy. No, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Again, like you said, we've been so good at defending set pieces all season. Really? And it just towards the end of the season seemed to creep back in. We can see one or two from set pieces. Um, and it's just a matter of concentration. Like you say, maybe the heat of the day, the, the occasion, people's minds weren't 100% switched on because, like you say, nine times out of ten this season, we did defend that away because it wasn't even that good a ball. Yeah. Um, if you get in front of him, you're going to get that away. I think well, they they were ahead then. I think as you see, I think the rest of the half, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've read, read sort of continued in the same vein as you mm. described, really. So that was it. Took us to half time. So half time, were you guys expecting changes? Did you want changes? Um, I finished my pizza first, <laughs> and then um, did I want changes? No, I, I looked at the bench and didn't see a lot that was going to help us immediately. Mm. Um, and I, apart from maybe getting pain on, but it's too early to change. Morris, he hadn't had much to do. Um, he had a, he he, he was he sort of deserved an opportunity to, to impact the game and when the ball was going to him he was half the time it was sticking up there um, so I didn't see a lot that we could have done really no. 
I only wanted water at half time, <laughs> so that was just a bit too personal. Half time goes straight away, go for a wee, yep. then join the queue for water. And then see the last 10 minutes. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I got back to my seat 15 seconds before the game. Oh, right. started. There you go, that was all right. So it was nearly as good a queuing system as it is in the South Stand for <laughs> large scale cup <laughs> Or any large but attended game, yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, but. Tank came out better, didn't they? It was a little bit better in the second half from, from again, everything I've read. And, um, yeah. Yeah, what, what did you put that down to? A bit of a rollicking or just professional pride, really? Something like that? Don't they say that Doi glazed into them at half-time? Yeah. yeah. Must have done. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, and also, at that point, I think Rotherham are not going to 100% keep up the intensity when they're just trying to kill a game yeah, off and yeah. everyone's wilting in the heat, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, we definitely started better again that half. Um, and like you said I mean what can your team talk be at that point it's either do you want it or not you know the, mm. the time for, for big rollickings and, 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 and that sort of thing's passed in the season it's just go out there with some pride and try and get back in the game um, which I hope they did and, and that's what it seemed like because they came out with a lot more intent and they, they were linking a lot more passes together a bit slicker uh, the energy was up we were getting a few more of the second balls so it looked like it looked like we were going to get back in it from, from half time it did and there'd been one change during that period Bryn had gone off for um, pain which was quite mm. interesting obviously we'd gone a little bit more attacking like yep. you just suggested then um, I don't know where Bryn played was he particularly effective or not second very poor game at Wembley I mm, thought yeah shame. really disappointed me that day mm. considering how good he's been recently yeah yeah he just didn't seem to raise he it figured, it looked like he'd got it in the playoff semi-finals mm. he'd got the Agogo role any day but obviously he didn't yeah, quite do that there again. was something about the way our midfield was set up that it didn't click at all because no. Although I agree with what you just said about Morris, I actually think that, like, as a percentage of how good a player he is, like, Nolan was more ineffective. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, he was totally anonymous. Yes. And he's supposed to be our matcher in there. Our best player. And, yeah. and I think if you're going to take one of those three off, I think you're leaving Godfrey very, very, very isolated mm. yeah. if he's your only sort of defensive minded midfielder left on. So if you're going to bring on a striker and play it a bit longer, I almost wonder whether Morris and Godfrey still sitting around hoovering up in front of the centre-backs is a better oh, bet. Yeah, but, it could have been. But obviously taking off Nolan would be a ridiculous thing to yeah. do, so I get that. <laughs> He'd definitely be on a switch rehearse then. But it's just, it's just like, I don't quite see how that substitution worked by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I say that attacking intent presumably you know came up with the goods because mm. it was 58 minutes and... Uh, me and Dave were talking before you got here, Mike, about, you know, we've only scored two goals at Wembley before in the four previous visits. Obviously, Mark Taylor in 96 and uh, Stu Drummond in 2007, was it? Or maybe it was 2009, I can't remember which one yes, it was, in it? 2007, wasn't it? Um, so it was nice to actually get another name on that score sheet. And yeah. I actually, for me personally, was quite pleased it was Rodman for, for his efforts yeah. this season. He's been great, yeah, hasn't totally he? Totally agree. Um, proper pro, do you know yeah. what I mean? And actually, yeah, if you look at all three of those players, Taylor, Drummond and, and Rodman. Yeah. We're only going to get experienced pros, you know, good blokes scoring at Wembley. Yeah. Because that's what all three of them were, weren't they? They're very same sort of wheelhouse, really. Um, but, you know, considering we haven't tried one intricate free kick routine all season, pretty good that we did it at Wembley and that actually worked. Yeah, we, we couldn't believe our eyes on it. What, what, <laughs> what was going on, you know? Again, it was a crazy mental when we scored, but um, a really well worked free kick and really brave and really, really good of the team to, to try it on that occasion. Really, you know, I, I, I take my hat off to to put that on the line. In that situation, you know, it could have been very easy for Wally just to have a big shot, but we tried something a bit different. Mm. And it was quite funny to have the sort of like, as soon as a free kick kind of goes short, oh, yeah. you get the kind of like, no, <laughs> because you know we're going to mess it up. And it's kind of like, no, oh, yeah, yeah brilliant. And there's, that, there's always that moment as well. Same like um, with Nolan's goal in the first leg against Charlton, there's that moment as well where there's just like, you've seen it hit the net. And there's just that collective. No, no, there's oh. that collective. There's almost like a nanosecond of just yeah, silence. Like no, 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 yeah. Just that moment of stillness that's just like, what? 
and then boom, it <laughs> yeah. all goes off. Absolutely wonderful scenes. Oh, we were, we, we absolute were, scenes. We were right behind on the line with where Rodman took the touch and ran towards the goal. Yeah. And we didn't know if he'd touched it too heavy and the keeper had got it. Yeah. And then or and, and we couldn't see through the sort of mass of bodies we were chasing behind him. So we had a little bit more delay. We only really cheered when the, the fans down in the in the stands cheered and then we realised it had gone in. So yeah, Brilliant. it was um, yeah, a real moment. And it was oh. funny watching that back and listening to the commentators on it, like that is an excellent goal. Yeah. Like yeah. the oh, sky brilliant. the sky guys were like, oh you know, Class. absolute that is a piece of work of art that is. So when you suddenly settled down you were you were you were <laughs> calmed a little bit did you think, because I heard Brian talking on the radio today and he was like, as soon as we got back on one, he was like, I couldn't see us losing it, which was interesting. Did you feel like, this is it now, that's the momentum shift, I will win this. Despite how hard that game had been so far, do you think that's what was needed? Obviously it was, but uh, I think you, I've you seen believing? a few more Shoes Bataan games than Brian, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I know how these things play out usually. Oh. So, I, I know I, it definitely got us back on, back behind the team and back hoping. Um but just what I'd seen the previous sort of yeah, 50 minutes. Fair you know. Yeah, but there was, certainly after the goal, there was about 10 to 15 minutes there where you're like, oh, oh yeah, hold on a minute, if we sneak something here, like, it, we, we were definitely in the ascendancy. It was, it was typical of us this season to have got, went, to have nicked it to one that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would have been quite apt, but, but it then, wasn't to be. But then it wasn't that long before Rotherham got in behind us a couple of times mm. and started putting us under kind of real pressure. And at the time, I couldn't quite understand how they were getting in behind us so easily. It was only when I watched the highlights that I realised it was Beckles oh, playing him on every old, single time. Poor old like, Omar. Mate, honestly, he's been so good this year. <laughs> I, I know, think he's he, an absolute star of a bloke. Great, thoroughly decent player. Yeah. He's, he's not playing in his natural position, but I mean, what must Sadler have been thinking, looking oh, to his God. left every time, and a metre behind him is Omar. He's, he's like, totally gone, and his legs had just, gone completely. Which is interesting. I mean, I'll come to a sub a bit later on, actually, because one of the things I can command, right, obviously, I'm just talking about substitutes. We subbed off Carlton on 65 minutes for. Um, for the shop but he was injured wasn't he Carlton, yeah, apparently? Yeah, he and I remember looking at the little TV screen whilst the speeches were going on all I could see was Carlton punching the yeah. tunnel wall he was so frustrated to he go off so poor bloke because he, he knew it was going to be his last game and he wanted to go out on a high I suppose so that was the next sub and so obviously we were left with one sub then and I couldn't and I don't know whether this Bolton was injured or not on 73 because presumably from everything you're saying you know Beckles was having this massive nightmare yeah. you had two left backs on the bench yeah. and yet that mass sub he made was Riley for Bolton and Bolton wasn't injured was he? I, I can only assume he was because yeah. when, when we saw the, the fourth official messing about with the board we just assumed it was going to be Omar because literally at 60 minutes and I think you know the sun played a big part on the day but I don't know what happened to him his legs were just completely gone mm. he looked like he was running in treacle sometimes he was tracking back he couldn't get over the halfway line the guy was on the edge of our box um, and like Dave says love Omar I hope he's here next season hope he plays every game but um, I'd have thought he'd have been taken off at that point Yeah, I did think at the time it was because Bolton was on a yellow okay. fairly early yeah, could on have been. He was booked, yeah. It could be, and, and I think, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he dad Was it him who dad are talking to as well, or was that Wally? I can't remember. Maybe. But um, it, it was definitely something like that. But for me, as soon as. When he brought on John Lewis, and it's like, right, okay, so you get pretty well put into it now, and you're going to play long. It was like, that was the moment where it's like, we didn't create anything after that mm. point. That was actually the game. Not like, our attacking substitution mm-hmm. was the point that our game finished really yeah. and we were sitting ducks after that because Max Lowe was the and attacking then, sub left you at wasn't he you know it was a more attacking or junior I guess yeah well no 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 our attacking sub left well. was wearing his tracksuit <laughs> in the god somewhere his he name said, is yeah. Abuisa and he oh. should have had 15 minutes very and we'll, true and we'll never know very Cause, true because that's the kind of game where 
everyone was running on fumes at that point. As mm. soon as the ref blows his whistle, people were like crawling over to the sidelines <laughs> to take on water yeah. and energy gel and cereal bars and steroids and whatever they could <laughs> get their hands on. And it's like, bring on a young lad who likes to get the ball and attack yeah. them with pace. It's a shame. Whereas John Lewis was so stationary. Yeah. So I tell you what, let's, let's play a bloke who's not actually that tall up front against some huge fellas and lump it long and hope for the best. Mm. Like, oh, frustrating. It is frustrating. And there is, there is, you know, I've seen some people at it, you know, pointing fingers at Hurst about substitutes. That's why I had to ask about it. Yeah. But in between all the substitutes, obviously, as you say, we, we, we weren't creating too much. We we actually had Henderson to thank from from what I've been told. He made a couple of really good Fabu- saves. One, one of them was fabulous. The guy's, guy cuts in, he's sort of inside the edge of the box and he smashes it towards the goal. And, and actually, if you watch the replay, Henderson starts the wrong direction. Changes changes feet, comes back towards the ball and gets a really strong hand on it around, yeah. the, around the post. Brilliant, brilliant save. Fantastic. Yeah, because he doesn't just palm it back out into trouble, does yeah, he? It goes and, right there, there was, and there was another one as well that he just shanked past the post. Yeah, so yeah. There was nothing to do with him. Well, so yeah, that yeah. was just a poor finish. Yeah. So it was, we were in get-out-of-jail territory. Yeah, we were looking for full-time, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then into injury time, apparently made another unbelievable save like in the injury time period. Is that the one you're talking about? Or was that a uh, he, he seemed to be under a lot. He seemed to do a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> whether there was a particular one... Uh, but like Dave says, that one where the guy went three clean through, I think he went in against Riley, had him for pace, and he was one on one. Yeah, again, Henderson closed him down and put him off. It was, yeah. you know, it, it, again, it was all up our end. And like I say, at that 60 minute mark, it wasn't just Omar, a lot of the legs went out of our team, and, and we really survived that last half an hour. Mm. Um, when we, we were definitely looking for extra time. And do you think that's because, uh, potentially, because like, well, we were in the sun at that point, yeah, weren't we? Yeah. We were facing the sun at yeah. all times, and even that on a tactical basis, which kind of like because with second with extra time as well, they put us back. We into lost the, the toss, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, they put us back into the sun. Yeah, my dad and said exactly the same thing when we were on the other day. When yeah. He yeah. went to the game. He said they basically cooked us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's oil in the bag. Yeah, salad. and, yeah. and yeah. you know, you look at our defensive unit. They're all big blokes. Mm. You know, Sadler's not exactly small, but Toto and Beckles particularly, even Bolton's a big six foot lad. Yeah. They all rely on their strength and physicality. Well, yeah. And that weather is not good for them. You know, you'd read rather a Max Lowe had been playing or a Riley because they're more diminutive, quicker yeah. players. Maybe that might have been a difference, but Hurst couldn't have judged the weather, could he? And, and that's, that's it. It was one of those things where it looked like sometimes you get a heavyweight boxer who punches himself out because he overheats mm-hmm. and there's so much muscle on the body. And that seemed to happen to a few of our players. They just, they, they just lost the. It's interesting you say that, though. I think there's definite mileage in what you're saying, but I've got Sadler and Toto amongst our best yep. players, and they didn't put a foot wrong. Yep. Their, their, their only problem was when they looked to their side and other people hadn't mm. picked up their. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't the centre halves. It was the guys that had yeah. to cover the ground on the it, pitch. It was, your centre half, yeah. you sort of halfway line and back, aren't you? Yeah. Anybody who had to go across the halfway line was goosed. There we go. So extra time. I think it fell in a similar pattern to what you just described the last half an hour, wasn't it? It was yeah. just a case of holding on. I mean, I looked at the bloody match report and it didn't seem like we had a chance in the first half of the extra time. No, it seemed um, to go very quickly. And yeah, and 103 minutes, they obviously got a goal just before the end of the first period. And yeah, what did you make of the goal? Same guy, untracked again. I think it was John Lewis who didn't track him this time. It was, yeah. Um, another straight ball, which should be easy to defend, and we just didn't get to grips with it. Uh, it comes in tote. It's a really scuffy toe poke as well, isn't it? He sort of he seems to. It looks like it's going to go wide. He just sort of dribbles in. Endo couldn't do anything about no. it. And just, I don't mind losing to a thirty yarder, but something that we've defended so well all season again. It's so frustrating. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where that's twice, isn't it? So you've got your two centre backs and your keeper who are playing all right. Yeah, but they can't do anything if other people don't pick up. Yeah, their runners. yeah. They can't do anything. Especially for the shop. It's a bit unforgivable to have come on with fresh legs and you be the one that loses I your mean, man. He, you had know, his, he had his head in his hands. In he looked devastated. After about 
like you know, even as the lad hit it, he knew he lost that he'd actually <laughs> just. At least he got his head on something then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and well, he, he literally came on, and his job was to head the ball towards their goal or away from ours, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, and I remember t- I've been trying to call you quite a bit through the game, or send you yeah. text, and you just sent me a text saying. Goose is cooked, 2-1, yeah, that's it. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see us getting back in it. And no. did, did you think that was it as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't want to single out individual players. and I, can't, to, quite, I can't quite remember this, but I think that free kick itself was a bit of a silly free kick that Beckles gave away. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I think might be right there because it was on his side, wasn't it? Think, yeah, it was on the left-hand side. I think it was one of those where it's like, mate, oh, like, where have you gone in? Yeah. Don't give the ref a decision to make there because they're this big team who played... Yeah, I think you're right. It's similar to when he went in in the opposition's half and he got sent off that one a few weeks ago. Bradford, and he, went, Bradford, yeah, and he yeah. just didn't need to make the challenge. I think it was a similar thing, wasn't it? Yeah. He got caught short, made a late decision. And... He's another that's making a step up into the football. Oh, no, he yeah, is. And he's yeah. playing out of position. Yes. I'd like to defend the guy, but I mean, he, he didn't have a good game. Well, he's, been, he, on, he's been on Twitter and he held his hands up and he yeah. said he wasn't great. But yeah. he is great. He had he one is. bad game. Yes. That's fair. I agree. I agree. Um, and that was it then. I mean, second half extra time, I, there were no highlights for me to make a note of for you guys. <laughs> Nothing happened. I mean, did you think we'd have a last five-minute rally and throw it all out? Did we even do that? We didn't seem to have a last chance, did we, Dave, that you can remember? I, I don't recall anything after the goal went in. Did a lot of heads dropped. I noticed that. The bit of truth is that if we wanted to go long against Rotherham, the only player that we had on the pitch who could have made a difference probably is Toto. <laughs> yeah. Go and play Toto off pain for the last five minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, I don't... You know, I don't want to be asked to John Lewis, but he's not been part of our success, has he? So I can't really see him being in He scored the first goal of the season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also that would be beautiful, wouldn't it? When, yeah. he, when he came on, it was like, is he going to score the first and the last goals of our amazing <laughs> season? Is this what you're trying to do? Is yeah, it yeah. all written in the stars? But it wasn't. It wasn't, and then the whistle went. And did you hang around, or were you out? Well, you obviously went and had some more food or whatever. But did you just did you stay to applaud them, or were you just? I mean, from the reaction of Red was just. I remember what it felt like coming out of Lincoln, right? I was gutted. I was out of the stadium in 30 seconds. I, I can't handle defeat, especially in big games. I'm sure you two are more mature than me. <laughs> you know, you probably did clap them off. But I, from what I read, a lot of people were just like, gut tears. There was kids crying. There was a lot of upset about how you've done that for 62 games this season. We've had roller coaster memories that will last a lifetime. Brilliant. But then you just have that start realisation that actually, we're back to exactly where we were at the start of the season yeah. and we actually achieved nothing. You know, a lot of people, that just hit them like a brick wall straight away. I think there was certainly in our seats there was much less of a sort of disgruntled exit than there was against Lincoln. <laughs> oh, there you go. Lincoln, it was yeah. everybody, Horrendous. every man for himself. Um, and I think part of the reason for that for us is first of all we realised it was the end of pretty well the best season for forty years. Yeah, yeah. like sort of um, certainly for thirty years at this level, um, and then. Henderson comes over and he's obviously saying his goodbyes mm. so he's properly in the crowd with his gloves and everyone shouting Dino and stuff like that and I think it was at that point it was like hold on a minute here you know like this is actually like these are important moments in the context of the whole season mm. you know sort of we're not exactly going to get our open top bus ride no. back in Shrewsbury no. so uh, let's say goodbye now and then obviously Hurst comes over and got a magnificent ovation Good. Good. comes over on his own gives everyone a wave and a clap but Evidently, he was saying goodbye as much as yeah, Dino was. Yeah, he didn't see it. Um, and then at that point, it was like, right, I've said goodbye and thank you to Hurst. And at that point, we ninety-five percent of us know he's gone. Yeah, don't we? Yeah. We don't like to admit it, but no. we sort of know he's gone. Um, and then I legged it, but unfortunately, one member of my party who will remain nameless 
um, but he's the only one of them who's my brother, um, <laughs> didn't get the memo that we weren't staying oh, for the no. presentation. So when I rung him angrily about five minutes later, like, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm up. Because they'd gone off to avoid the sun, haven't yeah, they? Okay. So he was still there. So they had to... <sighs> They had some strict instructions to get cracking, oh. and then off on the underground. Brothers, eh, Dave? Brothers, Um Did you hang around to watch the presentation, or was your box anywhere near it, or were you just? Yeah, no, we were the other side, so we basically did oh, the okay. opposite. Um, but like you say, it seemed like a lot of town fans stuck around for to yeah. applaud them off. The, the, it didn't. The, the end didn't empty. Lincoln was um, empty. Yeah, Lincoln was empty. By the, by the time that Rotherham were receiving the trophy, there was still a decent number in our yeah, end. Um, I didn't. And like you say, Hendo went in, and Hursty went over. We stayed in our box for a while because. We were trying to get our money's worth on the beer, essentially, and wait. <laughs> well, our train wasn't until half past seven either, so we thought what's the point. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real deflated feeling around one side of that ground. Uh, I I put a lot of time, money, effort, love into this team this year. You know, doing this podcast, anyone that listens to it, I've been to so many games more than I've done since I did a full season when I was at university and I went to every home and away game. And I've took my kids, I've got them in love with it. And I've, I, I've genuinely invested a lot of emotional <laughs> yeah, time into absolutely. this. I, I was genuinely devastated when, when the final mm. whistle was blown. I said, I said to what my wife, Ollie was obviously sitting there and the speech had just finished and he was eating his food. We'd obviously just finished the first course. And I just said to her, look, I'm just going to go on for a little walk outside. <laughs> and I had to. I just went for a little walk. It was a thunderstorm brewing off maybe three, four miles down the road. And I just, lightning was coming down. And I thought, oh, this is a very... Bittersweet way to end the season. Right. And I'm sure that everyone had their own emotions of how they felt about it. And I, and, you know, I know that we've got friends of ours who took kids who were, you know, dis- disconsolate at the end and were crying. And you know, everyone reacts to things different ways. But I was, I was genuinely. I, mean, I know we were all genuinely gutted. But, mm. you know, it was, it was, a, it was a hard thing to take. But um, at least I got to go back into a wedding. I didn't have to travel all the way home and have to deal with that. Oh, yeah. I, I went back in and you know, it was a great. Everyone was sort of uplifted then. So I felt a bit better. I genuinely was glad I was at that wedding, not at the game then. <laughs> if yeah. we'd have won, I'd have been a bit gutted, and Ollie knows that. But you know, it was funny. And at the end of it, then we were all standing outside, and um, Bex, Ollie's wife, had spoken to the club in the week, and she'd got Paul Hurst and Matt Salad to do a message to him, oh, saying, nice. "Have a lovely wedding." Not great timing, like, a little bit of banter and stuff. And so we watched that, and kind of remembered how, how sort of nice these blokes are, and so I, I sort of got the spirits back up, sort of thing. So yeah, we go. It was good. But um, was I got the train back to Wheelstone? This is what I was about to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. So I got the train back to Wealdstone and then that was lovely because, you know, sort of people, I mean, there's a few people who sort of did one straight away, but actually it's sort of like opportunity to just go and like have a, there's plenty of people, they had the barbecue on again, so people had a bit of food before they went. I feel like we might have lost Dave to Wealdstone here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I'm all over. <laughs> well, there we go. Maybe we should we, we get the sports bar to get a barbecue and Dave's all in. We lost that for about five minutes. He oh. comes around with this huge bacon back. Yeah. <laughs> mate, you didn't buy the round, did you? Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Good dad. And you had a nightmare journey then, Mike. Yeah. We got the half seven train out of Houston, which ended up in Stafford, and then there'd been torrential rain around here in Wolverhampton and Birmingham. Yeah. So there's no trains going into Wolverhampton, so eventually they redirected us on a different train to crew. Then we had a half an hour in a 80s karaoke in a rank pub and crew and then <laughs> we got the train back so we didn't get in until half past midnight and yeah it was, was it as, horrific was it as bad as that karaoke bar in Blackpool well, yeah it was worse actually so there's only about five people there and oh, yeah. oh well there we go so that was it That was you got to um, we might as well just run through your top threes really I, I think you know anyone that's to the way you two have talked then is going to understand exactly why you picked your top yeah. man but um yeah, I'll run through what you said if you want quickly. Mike, you went for Henderson uh, as your man of the match. You went for Godfrey, second place. Sadler, third place. And Dave, you went for Henderson, man of the match. Instead of third, you went for Sadler as uh, second. And you went for Toto as third. So, obviously, they're very much the defensive unit getting the credit. And, yeah. um, you know, everyone picked Henderson, man of the match, didn't they, Dave? He was fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. And it was uh, it was quite interesting. When you asked me for from, from my top three, it was kind of like, 
No, he had a poor game. No, he had a poor game. <laughs> yeah. No, he had a poor game. He was anonymous. Did he play? Um, so, actually, those were like, even Toto was sort of like the only other player who didn't, yeah. <laughs> didn't really let himself down. Almost. Yeah. I mean, that's not fair on Rodman, who scored a goal. Yes. But even then, his overall performance, yeah. like, I, I was I was really... Well, we haven't mentioned him in the entire rest of the, of I was the, of the summer. The, I, I just, you know... It's, it's interesting. I'd say we mentioned pretty much every player. Other than the two wingers, you know, yeah. not mentioned yeah. either of the wingers. They were well controlled and yeah. didn't really get in it. Yeah, no, no, not in the game at all. And so I just thought I'd quickly go through a bit of what Paul Astad had to say before we wrap this bit up. Really, and he thought he thought a bit like Brian once we equalised, we had a better spell, and um, you know I think he thought we were going to get back into it there. He, he said that Dean definitely made more saves, saves than their keeper. Um, disappointed to lose to two set plays. I said to the players before the game. Um, that's one thing we need to be good at to concede twice and also give a penalty away you've got to wonder whether it's going to be your day um, all I'd say is congratulations to Warren obviously he's big mates with him, isn't he the, the Rotherham yeah. manager um, Richie and the rest of the lads at Rotherham Football Club uh, the three teams that came down have gone back up which is hugely frustrating for us isn't it yeah. really? but there we go um, I'm extremely proud of this group of players um, it's almost not a proper game of football at the end so I think that was in reference to how hot it was and yeah, definitely, people yeah. were out on their feet um, I said to the players to go home and be proud of what they've done this season we didn't get that fairy tale ending we wanted but to have competed in this division with what we were set um, and what we thought might be possible it's an outstanding achievement I really feel for the fans and the chairman we lived the dream for so long um, and it was just taken away from us um, we have to dust ourselves down and have a break it certainly deserved it and it won't be long until we're back running around trying to get fit uh, it's which I should add. Um, well, yeah, yeah well, until he gets back here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So there we go. I suppose I suppose that was it, really. And um, I had a couple of questions for you. If we got to a, another game at Wembley, would you go back? Uh, my wife asked me this question this <laughs> afternoon, and I said no. But you know, it's a yes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dave? I think underlying that question is a fallacy, mm. which is that you go to football matches for the winning. Yeah. Very and true. If we went to football matches for the winning. We wouldn't be a supporting shoes. We have a long time no. ago. With respect, we go for the identity and the banter and the sense of community. We go Correct. with our mates, we go with our families. And actually, this Wembley appearance was the best yeah. Yeah. for all of those things, yeah. without question. I agree. Yeah, in that sense, great. it wasn't the most disappointing at all. It was like, oh, hold on a minute, our club's come of age a bit here. Yeah. I quite fancy this. I'd quite like to go and get a big cup tie away at Old Trafford next year or something and then go and take this sort of. Um, that kind of momentum of atmosphere and all those sorts of things. So yeah, I would go to Wembley again. I'm not entirely sure I'd go to the checker trade. <laughs> yeah, I said to Brian when I met him the other day, we were doing the thing where we were putting the decorations up around town, and he was joking about going to Wembley again. I was like, well, it's FA Cup semi-finals next year, you know, because he was sort of saying, well, if we went up to, he was saying if we went up to the Championship, we couldn't be in the checker trade trophy. And we probably wouldn't get in the playoffs of the championship, so we wouldn't have had to go to Wembley next season. I was like, FA Cup semi-finals, Brian. You know, don't be so dismissive. But yeah, there we go. I suppose the dust has settled now, and I think probably a lot of people say that. And, and Christ, I hope we do get to Wembley because it will be a sign of another good season next yeah. year. You know, and, and as hard as it will be to take losing there again, if it happened, it would show that we've still kind of taken a step forward. But before we round this podcast off, I thought one nice thing to do to, to lift people's spirits is I've talked about my kids on the podcast all season and oh, various travels away and how much they're falling in love with the club. So I thought for the first time I'll sit down with them and I did this tonight and, and just put the mic on and just ask them a few things about what they thought of the game at Wembley and actually their favourite moments from this season. So I'll play this in now. So here I am with two people who've been talked about on the podcast a lot but have never been on it and they are very excited to tell us about their experiences at Wembley this year. So say hello to Elsa Price. Hello. And Rory Price. Hello. 
Shrewsbury, with some of Shrewsbury's newest fans. Um, so, guys, we've listened to Uncle Mike on the podcast this week, and we've listened to Uncle Dave, one of your, one of your uncles as well, um, about what they had to say. What was your experience at Women's Like? How did you get down there, Elsa? Um, it was fun. We met loads of people at Oxford Services, and we met my best friend. Ah, oh, there you go. And you went down with Nan and Granda, didn't you, Rory? Yeah. And was it good fun in the car? Yes, and um, me and Elsa did a lot of writing in the books, and I didn't have any room left in the notepads. Yeah, you were making notes about the football, weren't you, and writing FTFC and all sorts of fun stuff. So you got down to the ground, second time to Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. did you think the atmosphere was better? Did you think it was louder, or was it quieter? I think it was really good, because um, there was more um, balloons and, like, stuff, but I didn't like the um, people that took the big... Um, balls away from the crowd oh the, yeah the stewards took the inflatables away didn't they Elsa yeah. Grandad was complaining about that wasn't he so yeah it was good fun wasn't it and it was your second time at Wembley and the yeah. game didn't go away did it Elsa what did no. you think of the match um it was good until the second goal came mm. in for Rotherham. Rotherham and obviously who scored first was going to win because they had loads of time. Yeah, but the penalty save was good, Rory. What did you yeah. do when you saved that penalty? Well, I was just hiding like that, and someone, someone said, yeah, and I was, they, they all scared me, so I nearly fell off my chair. What did you have to say about that, Elsa? Um, I was just getting my water, and then I heard <laughs> this massive scream, and then I just jumped up as well and got my scarf. It was a great save, wasn't it? And what about the goal as well? Was that just as loud when we scored our goal? Oh, that yeah. was really loud. Alex that. Rodman. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. So you, you listen to me and Grandad talk about football all the time, don't you? And yeah. you're picking it all up now as we go along. You know, I should just say they're only eight and six. So just starting to understand the offside rule and all that sort of thing, aren't we, Elsa? But who was your man of the match, Elsa Price? Dean Henderson yep. and Benny Godfrey. You love Benny Godfrey, don't you? And what about you, Rory? Well, I think mine was um, Dean Henderson because he was really good in goal. Um, but it's sad he's going to um, another... Um, team. Yeah, it's a sad one, isn't it? And Paul Hurst yeah. leaving today as well. That's quite sad, isn't it? He's going to Ipswich. He is going to Ipswich. You remember that? Well done. So we're going to be getting a new manager and all sorts of stuff. And then me and Ollie are going to be talking about it on a podcast. I hope soon. we get the crazy guy. Oh, Mick McCarthy. I was yeah. telling you about him, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So all in all, we went to Wembley twice this year. We mm-hmm. didn't see us win, but it's been fun following Shrewsbury this year, hasn't it? And almost a third time for the boys. Oh yeah, me and Rory are going to see uh, England versus Nigeria. We are next week. But what about the season overall, Al? So I'm going to ask you this because we've been to loads of away games, haven't we? Yeah. We had some really fun times. Can you remember anything really good this season we did that you loved? Well, I like going to um, the the Oxford match because. Um, we got to play on um, Oxford free jump um, in like it's like jumping yeah. with loads of trampolines <laughs> and it was really fun. That's the best thing you remember. Oxford was good. The game was good as well. Yeah. What about you, Elsa? What about our trips away? What have you enjoyed um, most? Bristol Rovers. Oh, it was good, wasn't it? When when Toto and Rodman scored that win, yeah. and we all went crazy on the terrace, yes. didn't we? And I really liked the one when it was snowing. Oh, oh so we had to go to Costa Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Scunthorpe, that was it. That was really funny. We've had a grand time, haven't we? And we're going to be doing it all again next year, aren't we? We're going to be dragging you to different places like Accrington, maybe Sunderland next (gasps) season. Yeah, I've been to those grounds. So there you go. It's been two years and we finally got your views on the podcast. So I think we should do this at the end of every year. What do you think? That would be good. Cool. (laughs) All right. Nice one, guys. Thank you for letting us know what you thought and we will catch you next season. Okay.
So there you go, quite uplifting. They're, they're not browbeaten. And uh, my Rory said in it, you guys haven't listed this, but when I was asking him, we were talking about Paul Hurst going, and he goes, I want the crazy guy. And I've been talking to him this morning about Mick McCarthy. So, oh, so my lad have remembered it. You have to be crazy to want him. <laughs> um, so there we go. So there, there'll be chuff with that on there, and hopefully it raised a few spirits. And that's it. 62 games gone. Massive amount of games in a season. Um, it's all over. Obviously, as part of the Southcast, we've got lots of summer specials to come. We're hoping to do the usual review with um, Lewis Cox and Mark Elliott, and Mike's going to join us for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have the sort of alternative awards one that we did last year. Potentially, we, we might get a, a sort of end of season off the field review with Brian and the guys from Sports Parliament. So we've got lots of content to bring you through the summer. Um, on, my, on behalf of Ollie and myself, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening this season. We've seen massive growth in the podcast getting unbelievable amounts of numbers of people listening and, and Christ we get so many media requests now um, it's been brilliant all in all so I suppose the best way to leave it I really I think with two guests here is to ask Mike and Dave what have been your individual like best moment of the season what do you think Dave well for me slightly uh, off the beaten track <laughs> Uh, NCR's last minute practically goal against Fleetwood at home yeah. because I'd gone with a couple of my, I'd gone with a friend and his American friend so we'd been having some banter in the pub before the game they'd been talking about how um, you know British sports are so boring because nothing happens there's no goals and points and stuff and I said to them I said oh no no you're totally misunderstanding it you're not realising what it's about because you can sit there for 89 minutes and then a goal goes in the whole place goes mental and that is more exciting than any shot ever in basketball 79 points or whatever yeah yeah, that is more exciting than anything you'll ever see so after 88 minutes against Fleetwood I was properly biting my nails (laughs) thinking what are these Americans going to think with a gritty nil-nil draw and then Toto gets his head on it loops ahead of in the corner we were in block 19 the whole place goes absolutely ballistic and they totally understood why we follow lower league football yeah exactly great moment yeah and that's one of so many good moments this season that's the bittersweet thing about it isn't it that they didn't count for anything but anyway what about you Mike what's your individual moment of the season Um, well I sort of put them in two categories first would be as a fan was Blackpool away on that terrace for 90 minutes well not the terrace but standing up for 90 minutes basically didn't even watch the match just having a great big party there it was (laughs) brilliant wasn't it Um, and then on the pitch just because I'm a huge fan Abu Agogo's first goal um, was it was great and you know I really really celebrated that because I think if anybody deserved a bit of success this season it was him it's such a shame he didn't play at the final Mm. and I'm just constantly refreshing Twitter waiting to announce his new contract or I might might never go again don't 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 hold your hopes up yeah yeah it's it's not going to end well for you I don't think (laughs) but it's nice to round it off like that because actually you know we talk about all these summer specials we'll do and recapping the season it's going to take such a long time to recap a season like this it has just so much has happened when I think back to our reviews of last season and you know it was so dull for a long period and then Mellon went and Hurst came in it got a bit better but Christ, this season, in terms of doing a podcast, it's been amazing to follow the football mm. club this year. And I'm sure all the press people that, you know, I speak to Lewis Cox occasionally, you know, he's lucked out joining, you know, the press press pool this year following Shrewsbury Town. He's had some great memories. So 87 so. points. Yeah. In League One. Yep. Astonishing. We'd have won it most leagues. Yeah, we'd have definitely got yeah. it. Ah, oh, there we go. We'll leave it. So anyway, everyone enjoy it a week or so off. Try try to sort of deal with all the changes at the football club in the best way possible. Let's not all throw our toys out of the pram. There's yeah. been some huge meltdowns on Facebook, particularly today that I've seen that have left me scratching my head a little bit. But um, yeah, let's all try and be reasonable. Um, look forward to welcoming a new manager, I guess, at some point. And um, me and Ollie will catch you at the next episode. So uh, yeah, and I should just add, thanks to Mike and Dave for joining us and we'll have you back on next season. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.